At 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time last night, breaking news in the Tiger Woods accident. We'll have it for you this morning on the Fairways of Life Worldwide. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. No doubt you heard the tragic news yesterday of Tiger Woods' serious accident in Los Angeles. During the overnight hours, the following statement was released by his team, and I am quoting, We thank everyone for the overwhelming support and messages during this tough time. As previously communicated, Tiger was involved in a single-car accident earlier this morning in California. He has undergone a long surgical procedure on his lower right leg and ankle after being brought to the hospital. And then they quote from the hospital a Dr. Anish Mahajan, who is the chief medical officer and interim CEO at the Harbor UCLA Medical Center, who statement reads the following. Mr. Wood suffered significant orthopedic injuries in his lower right extremity that were treated during emergency surgery by orthopedic trauma specialists at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, a level one trauma center. Comminuted open fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula bones were stabilized by inserting a rod into the fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions uh, of the tibia Additional injuries to the bones of the foot and ankle were stabilized with a combination of screws and pins. Trauma to the muscle and soft tissue of the leg required surgical release of the covering of the muscles to relieve pressure due to swelling, end quote, from the doctor. Then Tiger's team continues in this release by saying, and this is critically important to hear, he is currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. Thank you to the wonderful doctors and hospital staff at Harbor UCLA Medical Center and the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department and Fire Department. Your support and assistance has been outstanding. There are no further updates at this time, and we continue to thank you for your well wishes and privacy for him and his family, and it's credited to TGR. All right, Dr. Michael Maloney is joining his chief of orthopedic sports medicine at the division of of the University of Rochester Medical Center. Uh, Dr. Michael, thank you as ever for joining us uh, at this time, certainly in very, very short notice. Uh, If you don't mind, doctor, what I would like to do just in deference to your time, obviously you're in your scrubs and and you're ready to get down to what you do. I would like to read through that paragraph and I would like to go sentence by sentence and as best you can explain to us, please, what it means. Uh, Mr. Wood suffered significant orthopedic injuries to his lower right leg extremity that were treated during emergency surgery by orthopedic trauma specialists. When you hear that, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, this this is a very significant, um, you know, limb-threatening injury. Um, The word comminuted means that the fracture of the bone is in multiple pieces. Um, when they say open fracture, that indicates that part of the bone penetrated the soft tissue and got through the skin. So created a, a fairly significant soft tissue component to his injury in addition to the fracture. 
Um, they mentioned the upper and lower portion of the tibia. So the leg is from the knee to the, the tibia, which is the main weight-bearing bone. And then the fibula is the smaller bone along the outside. Um, so the upper portion means near the knee joint. The lower portion would be by the ankle joint. Um, and it sounds as if this fracture kind of extended along the entire course of the leg. Both the tibia and the fibula are involved. Um, stabilize, stabilizing this by inserting a rod into the tibia is very common. So it's called an intramedullary nail or rod, and it goes right down the center canal of the tibia, that main weight-bearing bone. And then the comment about screws and pins for the foot and ankle uh, implies that there was some element of bony injury or fracture involving the ankle joint that required them to use additional um, foot, uh, additional screws and pins to kind of stabilize it. So the last part about the surgical release of the covering of the muscles, again, indicates a element of severity to the soft tissues in the leg around these bones. And what happens is you get a lot of bleeding and swelling and you can develop what's called as a compartment syndrome. Um, and so to try to obviate that, if it had not already occurred, they will release the lining called the fascia of the muscles in the leg compartment to allow it to accommodate for that excessive swelling and bleeding. So, um, you know, my interpretation of this, and, and I work at a level one trauma center as well, is that this was a very severe right lower extremity injury affecting both bones between the knee and the ankle. Uh, it seems like it's also impacting part of his foot. And um, the fact that the um, bones had come through the skin, that's the indication of an open fracture. And that typically requires emergent surgery within three hours, if not sooner, uh, in an effort to try to clean that soft tissue, prevent any infection potentially down the road. Um, and you wanna keep that soft tissue around that bone as viable and as healthy as possible. So getting to that, cleaning that tissue, getting healthy tissue, and then stabilizing the bone fractures with that intramedullary rod is done to, again, allow soft tissue health as well as the, the bones that are involved in this fracture. Uh, doctor, in the release and in your explanation, uh, terms used included rod, screws, and pins. Are these rods, screws, and pins, because of the way you described them, if I understand you correctly internally, are they permanent? Um, they, they can be permanent, certainly. Uh, they, they are used, again, to restore uh, the anatomy of the bones that have been traumatized. So you want to bring them, you know, bring these pieces and align them, bring it back out to appropriate length, um, and then use the screws and pins to kind of hold those pieces and gather together while they're healing. If at some point after things have healed, uh, that, that fixation hardware, we call it, becomes symptomatic, or if for some reason it's not allowing the bones to heal, then you can remove selectively screws, pins, and rods if they're either causing symptoms or contributing to an ongoing inability of the bones to heal properly. 
Uh, doctor, when you're talking about the soft tissue injury and the release of the fascia, when we're talking about multiple fractures that had to be stabilized, such as we were just discussing, the healing for all of this, is it even possible to put a net, a, a, cast a large net and put a range upon it? Because I would think that the healing is going to vary depending upon which part of the leg that we're talking about. Correct. And, and I think the other thing to understand is that, you know, there's always a spectrum of this injury, both impacting the bones, the soft tissue, the nerves, the blood vessels in that area. Um, we don't have any indication as to whether or not there might have been some element of a nerve injury um, that could impact how his foot and ankle work down the road. Um, and, and these open fractures are graded based on the severity of the soft tissue injury. Uh, if it's a mild soft tissue injury, that's obviously a better prognostic factor that it, it could heal more quickly. If there's greater severity where there's been loss of muscle, loss of skin covering the bone, that obviously is indicative of a, a more severe injury, something that would be potentially threatening the viability of that leg, ankle area, um, and has consequences as well. So I think not knowing that information, it's hard to tell you, is this going to be, you know, nine months of recovery or is this going to be 18 to 24 months? Um, and will he be able to make a, a complete recovery? Uh, if these fractures are involving the joint surface, so they've extended into the knee joint or they extend into the ankle joint, that adds another element of complexity to the fracture, the healing, and what might ultimately develop as post-traumatic arthritis that could compromise the function of that lower extremity in his knee or his ankle um, and certainly impact his ability to even walk, frankly. So uh, this is a very severe limb-threatening injury that's described. And, um, you know, he's got a very long road ahead of him. Uh, doctor, just for the purpose of clarity, I know you've touched on this multiple ways and in, 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 in various examples already, but in, in an injury of this sort... What are the risks at this point as, as best as you can assess? Well, I think there's multiple risks. Um, certainly the, the loss of soft tissue from an open fracture, um, again, could, could compromise the coverage of that bone and that fracture. Sometimes that requires a plastic surgery to rotate tissue from someplace else to cover that. Um, there's obviously concerns around infection. Anytime the bone penetrates the skin, the bone fracture fragments come in contact with either the road or the car. Um, there's an element of potential infection that can set in. Uh, that would be devastating. Sometimes the blood supply to these bones, even though we get to it very quickly, uh, may have been compromised and doesn't allow it to heal, uh, maybe as quickly as we might anticipate and needs to be addressed as well. So, you know, there's multiple areas here that could still uh, affect the long-term integrity of his leg, let alone just the healing process that needs to occur moving forward. Uh, Dr. Michael Maloney is the Chief of Orthopedic Sports Medicine Division at the University of Rochester, and he has great experience with injuries of this level of trauma. Sir, we thank you for your time at the last minute joining us this morning to explain better for all of us to understand what all of this means.
absolutely. My prayers go out to Tiger, his family, and, and uh, hope he's able to kind of bounce back again. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael Maloney, joining us on this Wednesday morning. Uh, shocking news to all, no doubt, about what took place. Uh, that interview with, with the doctor, I have to tell you, uh, gives you a different perspective on, on this whole thing, to be, to be fair. Uh, it, the, the extent and the depth of the injury is absolutely staggering. Uh, the the release overnight, and, and I, I noted it when I was reading it to you because I thought it was so distinctive and so important that Tiger was currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hotel room, I think was probably the most welcome piece of news for all of us about anything that we had seen up until this point. Uh, again, quoting from the TGR team, He's currently awake, responsive, and recovering in, in his hospital room. Uh, speaking to Dr. Michael Maloney, who's an expert in this level of trauma, though, it, you, can, you can tell. It, 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 Dom just used the word scary in my, in my uh, IFB because it, it impacts you. It's, it's a very different perspective than something that we as laymen would normally get in terms of, of how, this, how extensive injuries of this sort can be. Obviously, he wasn't speaking specifically to Tiger situation. He's speaking to these medical situations, what they mean, uh, and and the amount of time uh, in recovery is is staggering. Um, well, yeah, his his shortest period. Dom just said eighteen twenty four months, but his shortest period he went to was nine months. Even at that, because you think about a break, uh, what's what's a what's a normal break that you wear a cast. Right? What it, have you ever had a, a broken bone, Dom? What's a, what's a normal time period? You know, do you remember? Average time is. I think it depends on the break, as the doctor was mentioning. That there's so many different variables here. Uh, the 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 things that he said that concern me as uh, as a human for Tiger personally is the nerve damage, yeah. the potential issues walking, the, the basic things. That's yeah. what's scary. Yeah, it, remarkable. So it definitely gives you a different perspective. And, and great job to, to Dom and Andrew. And, and thank you to Dr. Michael Maloney for joining us uh, at, at the last minute like that to go over these uh, very, very significant injuries uh, it suffered in an accident such as that. And then to explain exactly what it means. Uh, you know, it, it, again, given the recovering in, in his hotel room was the most welcome news that we could have. But you know, in, in the light of day, if you please, to see the, the accident anew, because yesterday uh, I was standing by with Golf Channel and their coverage, and so I was watching, I'm not sure what you guys were doing, but I was watching uh, KNBC out of, out of L.A., uh, and KNBC out of L.A. is where we're getting most of these shots and videos from this morning, some of them from some other media entities that you can see credited accordingly. And to, to re-look at it this morning, one of the things that stands out in my mind is the fact that, you know, when the, when the sheriff's department spoke, and you're going to hear the full press conference, we cut it down for you so you can hear the, the pertinent points, but when the sheriff's department, representatives from sheriff's department spoke, and they said he was lucky to be alive, 
And then I saw something, Dom, I'm not sure you saw it this morning. I was up all night following this stuff. But Rick Young from formerly Score Golf in, in, in Canada and one of the most prominent golf journalists spoke about a prior job that he had and, he, and, he, and his job had him in touch with airbags. And he was talking about how much they've advanced and how life-saving they are. And you, you're, you have to wonder how much those airbags played into saving Tiger's life given the extent of damage uh, to that automobile uh, and, and the amazing engineering. It was funny because when they put that, that truck up on the flatbed later on, because the hood popped up, the hood fell flat again when they had it on the flatbed and it obscured the fact that the front of that, that the engine is gone. Uh, it was crushed. And I, and I presume that that's what uh, broke Tiger's leg and did such, such damage, not to mention the, the blunt trauma of, of whatever he hit and however that happened. I'm sure, I'm sure there, it looks like you can see where that officer is there. Either he's picking up debris or that's where the vehicle landed and hopped up to where it was because of the, the force of the crash. But what I was getting at with all that is, is when you think about the engineering of how they build these vehicles today so that the cabin that surrounds the people that would be in the truck, now he was alone, uh, can save a life. And thank goodness that they do. It's, it's just remarkable. Uh, th- th- and it's funny, again, I'm saying this because, uh, Andrew, the, the shot that you have in preview, pull up to the main screen if you would. If you, if you look at this shot, the, the sun roof, whatever you call it, the moon roof, that never broke. The, the windows, at least on the driver's side, never broke. With all this tremendous damage, that glass never shattered. I, I don't know why that affects me, uh, just but it does. It's just it's remarkable to me to see to see that level of damage and to see where it was. Now the windshield you can see is gone, and they made note yesterday of saying that initially they said they used the jaws of life, and then they corrected themselves and said no, they used another device and they used an axe. Well, yesterday when we were doing research here in the Fairways of Life studio, we what we did was we started to go to local accounts. So instead of relying upon the national news where we're all getting the same feeds coming in, the same information coming in, we went into, you know, local media at the scene and they had interviewed witnesses who said that they pulled Tiger out through that windshield, which would explain why the windshield, among other reasons, uh, was completely displaced. Uh, if that's the way they extracted him from the car because of the way that it was, that it was laying before they moved it. So it's remarkable on so many levels, and thank goodness that this morning we, we get the release. In the actual overnight hours, we get the release of that breaking news from his team saying that, that Tiger is recovering, although it's very sombering to, to take in what Dr. Michael Maloney said to us this morning. Uh, so much so, I think when we plan to wrap up the Fairways of Life show this morning, I think we're going to re-air that interview in its entirety because it's it's that distinctive. Uh, when we come back, we're going to go through piece by piece the timeline of what took place uh, and what information we had from the same. Don't worry, we'll take care of that. Back with more after this.
Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. The best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty, inspiring designs, and refined luxuries. Streamsong Resort, conveniently located in Central Florida, is unlike any golf experience you've ever had. Award-winning courses by Corin Crenshaw, Tom Doak, and Gil Hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in Florida. Awaken your senses then at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamSongResort.com today to plan your golf trip that's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgetone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products, so I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgetone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers, but now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando.
Welcome back to Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday, a dramatic Wednesday such as it was and is. Uh, that noise you were hearing just before we went to break was one of the pieces of equipment deciding to uh, weigh in on all things. So apparently that is under control now. The overnight release from the TGR team uh, that was breaking news in, in the wee hours of the morning. As best I can tell, this was released for the first time at around 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, They write again, we thank everyone for the overwhelming support and messages during this tough time. As previously communicated, Tiger was involved in a single car accident earlier this morning in California. He has undergone a long surgical procedure to his lower right leg and ankle after being brought to the hospital. They go through in great detail with what exactly was done, which was very impressive to me because Tiger's team usually, especially in, in moments of crisis, usually don't go into great detail of what's going on. And they very much did here uh, to, uh, to the point that once we were able to get Dr. Michael Maloney on uh, to explain the chief of orthopedic sports medicine uh, division at the University of Rochester, an expert, a nationally acclaimed, internationally acclaimed expert on the same, to describe for us exactly what they did and why, it, it was pretty remarkable, uh, very, very remarkable. Obviously, it's, it's, uh, it, it has, a, has an impact on all of us, I'm sure. Uh, but the, the rest of that release, which, which is to me the most important part, they write, he's currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hotel room. Repeating, he's currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. I think I just said hotel room, in his hospital room. Thank you to the wonderful doctors and hospital staff at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, the Fire Department. Your support and assistance has been outstanding. There are no further updates at this time, and we continue to thank you for your well wishes for privacy for him and his family, uh, and it's signed off on TGR. That was in the overnight hours. Now, in terms of the chronology of how all of this took place, the, the first thing that was released was a statement from the sheriff's department. Now, that statement came out at approximately, all these times I'm giving you our Eastern for our time zone, 2.28 p.m., and this was credited to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and they wrote, on February 23rd, 2021, at approximately 7.12 a.m., LASD responded to a single vehicle rollover traffic collision on the border of Rolling Hills Estates and Rancho Palos Verdes. The vehicle was traveling northbound on Hawthorne Boulevard at Black Horse Road when it crashed. The vehicle sustained major damage. The driver and sole occupant was identified as PGA golfer Eldrick Tiger Woods. Mr. Woods was extricated from the wreck with the jaws of life by Los Angeles County firefighters and paramedics, then transported to a local hospital by ambulance for his injuries. The traffic investigation is being conducted by investigators from LASD Lomita Station. That was, again, at 2.28 p.m. Uh, We later were informed that, in fact, they did not use the jaws of life. They used another device as well as an axe to help with the extrication of Tiger from the vehicle. As I was mentioning to you guys before the break, in our research here in the FOL studios yesterday, we went to local sources, and one of the local sources had an eyewitness uh, accounting that Tiger was, when he was removed from the vehicle, he actually came through. They, They brought him out through the front windshield, which would explain, I suppose, why the windshield was removed from that point. The 
Images that we're showing you this morning, whether they're here on the screen or whether we go full screen in video, predominantly are coming in from KNBC in LA, uh, the Los Angeles Times, and some from the Associated Press as well. So it was obviously shocking for, I think, everybody when they realized what happened and that the information that we that we received was initially it was around 7.15 a.m. Pacific time, so 10.15 East Coast, but then it was, it was narrowed down even more to 7.12, saying it's when the call came in uh, of a rollover crash in Los Angeles. Uh, the, the, the videos and, and the, the scenes, even in the aftermath, are frightening. It, the, the crash site is reportedly 39 miles from Riviera, and the car was reported by various reports to have traveled hundreds of feet from where it looks like it first encountered a loss of control to where it was ultimately found. Uh, this much we do know that, it, that it, was, it was reported 30 yards off the road, but bear in mind the road that it was 30 yards off is the other lane of traffic. After that, Tiger's agent sent out, now this was after, after the, the Sheriff's Department put out their release, Tiger's team then put out a release on their own uh, and credited to Mark Steinberg, his agent, who wrote, Tiger Woods was in a single car accident this morning in California where he suffered multiple leg injuries. He is currently in surgery and we thank you for your privacy and support, end quote, from his team. I, I thought it was interesting that when the, the sheriff's department spoke yesterday, they said that they had heard from his agent and that they, in essence, were, were going to make sure that they were careful in terms of what information was released, that it was in accordance with the desires of, of Tiger's uh, team, if you will. The PGA Tour then released a statement from, uh, commi- it, it references Commissioner Jay Monahan. And Dom, just just for variety here, I'll, I'll let you give us a timestamp on that and the details of that release, if you please. Sure. Um, 3.47 p.m. The statement from the PGA Tour on Tiger Woods. Woods was involved in a single-car accident this morning in California and suffered multiple leg injuries. We have been made aware of Tiger Woods' car accident today. We are awaiting further information. When he comes out of surgery on behalf of the PGA tour and our players, Tigers in our prayers and we'll have our full support as he recovers. And uh, Matt, you'll probably notice uh, that on our rundown, we, we actually have some reaction from the PGA tour players. Keep in mind that when they found this out, they Tiger's statement obviously hadn't been released. So no one really knew exactly what was happening and none of the players knew the extent of the injuries, what exactly transpired some of them didn't even know if he was in surgery. Some of them just found out right before they went in front of a podium. So it's very much a real-time situation. All right. In that real-time situation that you're about to hear from, this is a credit to Golf Channel of reaching out to various players to get their reaction. Again, as Dom just noted, uh, as he should have, in the moment about what they had heard about what was happening with Tiger Woods. And it starts with an emotional Justin Thomas, who was still brought into the interview room, which was odd to me that they uh, continued having the interviews uh, despite the, the, the weight of this news at the time. You would think uh, 
They could have waited, but uh, the interviews were held nonetheless. And so here's, here's the reaction from Justin Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, you know, it hurts to see one of your, I mean, now my closest friends, um, you know, get in, a, in an accident. And, man, I just hope he's all right. Um, just, uh, just worry for his kids, you know. I'm sure they're struggling. Uh, sad. You know, I played nine holes with Tony, and he had it on his phone. He was reading it. Couldn't believe it, no, as if... You know, he hasn't, his body hasn't endured enough. So um, I don't know all the facts. I just know he was in an accident and, and he underwent surgery or he's in the hospital or something like that. So, uh, you know, just, just hoping it's as out of this bad situation is the best possible outcome. And, you know, hope he can recover from it and uh, we can see him on the golf course as early as possible. I know he underwent surgery earlier this year, so I hope it didn't damage anything they, they had done already. John, what has he meant to the PGA Tour as of late, over the last year or so, especially with the relationships that he has built? Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm not one of those players who's gotten closer to since we live on the opposite side of the country. Uh, but, and I never met him before, you know, so it, it just looked like, obviously, he was opening up more to talk about his game and and how he accomplished as many things as, as he did. Uh, he's, he's been doing wonderful things with this foundation and, and charities. And you know, last week being his host event with how much they've done for education and me, myself being a person who values education a lot. So not only golf PJ Tour directly, but golf worldwide. Uh, he's been a huge impact, you know. Uh, this always this key players in every era and for many reasons he was one of them. And, uh, there's, there's a different atmosphere in an event when Tiger's playing and when it's not playing, and he is that big. No matter, even if the best 20 players in the world are playing, if he's not there, you can tell the difference. And, uh, you know, it's just sad to see. He was a great ambassador of the game, uh, and, you know, it looked like he was trying to turn his starting to turn his life around and, you know, maybe looking forward in the future to retirement, spending some great time with, with his son, Charlie. And I, I just hope, you know, he can get out of the hospital walking meaning after a recovery and, you know, he can still play with his kids and, and have a normal life. A bit shocked, obviously. I mean, you don't expect anything like that to happen. But from everything that uh, I know about Tiger, you know, I'm, I'm sure he will recover and he will do everything in his power to come back. I'm sure he will. And something that I feel terrible about for him, I texted Rob, I called Rob, and, uh, you know, he said he's... Got some things going on, obviously, with his legs and stuff broken. Uh, but I will say that uh, whatever's happened, he's always come back from it in a, in a pretty amazing way. He's an amazing human being that has done incredible things. I mean, you look back to, to Ben Hogan and what happened with him in the bus crash, right? And what he was able to do after that. And so I have no doubt in my mind he'll be back. And it's taking a little longer, I'm sure. But uh, from my perspective, he's one of the most impressive human beings I've ever met. And I think that uh, he'll come back just fine. Bryson, what does he mean to you guys out here? Well, he's what inspired me, so it means everything. I mean, I texted him uh, and texted Rob as well. I said, look, man, anything I can do to help there, and, um, you know, you're all, he, he, he's going to be fine. You know, he, he's going to do fine. I know he is. He's a strong individual, and, and Rob knows that. Everybody knows that, and uh, it is what it is. Yeah, my manager texted me. I was on the front nine with John Rom. We were playing front nine first time I seen the course. My manager texted me. Uh, like on the fifth hole, 
and just sent me, I don't know if it was you guys or just some news source that uh, kind of broke the news. So me and John both were kind of looking at our phones and just looking into it to see how serious it was. And obviously for us, you know, we don't know the all the details of the situation, but, you know, we feel for Tiger. And, um, you know, as a player, we just wish he's, you know, hope he's okay and, and you know, are praying for his speedy recovery. Tony, what does Tiger mean to you guys out here? Yeah, I mean, he, he means a lot to this to the game of golf. I can only speak from my experience. He he means a lot to my career. You know, I've said it I think time after time. The '97 Masters changed the course of my life, changed the course of my career. Um, without that event, I probably wouldn't be here. I <laughs> wouldn't be playing golf. So um, he's definitely changed the course of my my life, my career. And but I, I think I'm one of hundreds of guys out here probably that would say the same thing. So uh, he means a lot to the game, but individually, I think he. Uh, you know, means a lot to us, uh, just individually, and especially for me. I imagine that had to have been shocking to to read from from your manager, and then to since as you played the, the front nine, then. Yeah, I mean, the, well, I saw the condition of his car, and for me, it was just we just hope that he's okay. You know, that's the biggest reaction, really. Um, a little, a little bit of shock. You know, it's something crazy happened to our sports world last year with with Kobe. So, you know, I wouldn't say that dramatic of uh, feelings, but man, you just you, you just hope Tiger's all right, you know, and we all know he's a strong cookie physically, mentally. So if he's if someone's going to get through this, he will and and be back for the better, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers, I'm sure as a whole, all the players I can speak on their behalf are, are with Tiger. I just saw the images. So, um, yeah, I mean, if for one, if you have to be pulled out with um, you know, I, I think they call it the life of Jaws um, or Jaws of life. Um, it's definitely not good uh, circumstances. So um, everything I've seen, I think he's in surgery. So obviously, hopefully everything goes goes well with that and um, he can make a full recovery from this. That full recovery uh, and how that recovery can take place for an injury such as this is exactly what we spoke with Dr. Michael Maloney about to open the show this morning. It was a fascinating conversation, if a sombering one at that, in terms of what lies ahead. One of the things that the doctor mentioned was about maintaining length, I believe was the way that he phrased it when he was talking about the, the, the leg and the bones healing. And it reminded me of a friend of mine who back in the day, fell off a roof. He had a job uh, that, that had him on, on a roof and he fell off it and then he fractured his leg. And I do remember that the way that the, that the rods were put into his leg is that there was, there was actually a device that would be adjusted to keep the leg at a proper length. So I don't know whether uh, it hadn't thought, I did, it didn't occur to me when I was speaking to the doctor, but now thinking back on it, that would make sense, uh, which would also suggest that somehow the length of the, of the leg bones alter in the healing process if you don't otherwise have this, this almost caliper level of uh, precision going on around it. It's, it's, what they can do medically is amazing. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, and we're all certainly hoping for the best, at least finding out has, how serious these injuries actually are from, a, from an expert's perspective. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get the perspective of more experts in terms of what they found, what they did, uh, the, the, own the timeline of those that 
quite possibly uh, helped keep Tiger safe. Um, maybe they helped him keep alive. Their own words about it were that it was a remarkable uh, result that he was alive after an accident of this severity. Back with more of the Fairways of Life show after this. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then... Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It's green. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday morning. So in the overnight hours, uh, Tiger Woods' team released a statement uh, detailing the surgery, which was profound uh, and in-depth. And we had Dr. Michael Maloney, who's a chief of orthopedic sports medicine division at the University of Rochester on an expert of the same, explained to us what it all meant because there was a lot of medical terms. And... It was incredible with the explanation that he gave us uh, concerning on multiple levels, obviously. But what I keep pointing to is that the fourth paragraph of this release from, it's credited to TGR, the fourth paragraph reads, he's currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. 
Thank you for the one, to the wonderful doctors and hospital staff at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, the Fire Department as well. Your support and assistance has been outstanding, end quote. The Harbor UCLA Medical Center, it is a 570-bed public teaching hospital in West Carson. That's an unincorporated area within Los Angeles County, uh, California, just if you're wondering about where they took him. Now, part of the press conference with the sheriff's department, it went beyond the sheriff's department because they had the fire department represented as well, uh, the, the emergency personnel, and even, even the individual that was the first to respond, and it was in communication uh, with Tiger Woods. Um, they spoke to how and why they brought Tiger where they did, uh, that his injuries, injuries qualified for certain treatment. It was clear that they had been asked to not release specific information as to exactly what happened to Tiger Woods' his condition at the time. So they, they spoke in generalities. We're, we've now had time to get more information about actually what took place. And maybe maybe the, the reason why his team, aside from a question of privacy, maybe his team also didn't want the information shared at that time because it's very dramatic. It's it's extremely dramatic. And, and maybe before, he at the time that this was going on, as far as we know, presumably Tiger was in surgery and maybe they wanted that surgery to progress so that they could give you an account after he's gone through the efforts of the medical profession instead of before, because otherwise it would have launched incredibly wild speculation. Uh, so what you're about to watch is the, that press conference, and we've edited it down to the most critical pieces of information for you, and this contributes to the timeline in putting together piece by piece. Today at 7.12 in the morning, Lomita Sheriff Station received a call of a solo vehicle collision in Harbor or Hawthorne Boulevard, north of Palos Verdes Drive. We arrived on scene at 7.18 a.m. and discovered a solo vehicle collision, and the sole occupant was, again, uh, Tiger Woods. And uh, deputies, at the time, they did not see any evidence of impairment, anything that uh, of concern. Obviously, the, the life-setting measures that had to be taken for the occupant of the vehicle, and uh, Chief Osby will speak to that regard. And it was a solo vehicle. Unfortunately, during the course of the investigation of this, there was another traffic collision that happened with people being looky-loose. And but that, thankfully, there was no injuries associated with that. The vehicle traveled several hundred feet from the center uh, center divider at the intersection and rested on the on the west side of the road in the brush. Sustained major damage to the vehicle. You've seen all the images of that. And. Um, with that, our Lomita Sheriff Station will be conducting the traffic investigation, and it'll take from days to several weeks to get the whole thing together. Once the, in, the investigation is completed, we will provide a, a, a detailed uh, report. It'll be available, you know, based on Public Record Act request, and we will not discuss it any further after that point. But at this point, I want to introduce uh, Chief Darrell Osby, L.A. County Fire Department. Good afternoon. I'm Fire Chief Darrell Osby of the Los Angeles County Fire Department. At approximately 7.22 this morning, resources from Los Angeles County Fire Station 106 received a report of a solo vehicle accident at the intersection of Hawthorne Boulevard and Paulus Verdes Drive North in Rolling Hills Estates. 
Upon arrival of the scene of the incident with sheriffs on scene, uh, resources and personnel from the Los Angeles County Fire Department observed a single rollover vehicle incident with one person trapped. The person trapped uh, uh, was extricated by the Los Angeles County Fire Department personnel. Earlier, it was stated that the jaws of life was utilized to extricate the person trapped. It was later determined by our personnel that a hologan tube, which is used for prying, and an axe was also used to pry the person free from the vehicle. The person was packaged at the incident in stable condition with serious injuries, and because of the fact that they needed to be extricated, they were transported to Harbor UCLA Hospital because of the extrication and Harbor Hospital is also a trauma center. As indicated earlier, there's also a second vehicle accident with no injuries. Thank you. And the vehicle involved is a 2021 Genesis. It's a midsize SUV. Well, if the deputies arrive on scene, there's a vehicle that's rolled over. There's someone inside the vehicle. They can't remove them. Obviously, that's... that's We'll leave it at that. He was he was he was alive and he was he was conscious, and um, that's the extent of that. There was no evidence of impairment, so subsequent to that, we're not going to make any. Uh, there was no effort to draw um, blood, for example, at, at the hospital. Okay, the information I got back from my personnel and the things that they do is they would do a scene assessment. It was brought to my attention that he was conscious. Now, exactly what was said is unknown, but he was conscious. The jaws of life are used as part of a package to extricate people that are trapped in vehicles. But it was later determined and brought to the attention that the jaws of life were not used to extricate Tiger Woods. We used a hologan tool, which is a tool used for prying, and we also used an axe uh, to pry him from the vehicle. He was taken from the vehicle with seat, uh, a collar and backboard for um, spinal precautions. Um, he was, uh, had the proper splints. Because of the nature of the incident being a solar vehicle rollover and the fact that it required an extrication that met trauma center criteria, the nearest trauma center to the area is Harbor uh, UCLA Hospital where he was transported in serious but stable condition. Well, at the time it made, it crossed the center divider to the point that it rested with several, several hundred feet away. So obviously that indicates they were going at a relatively a greater uh, speed than, than normal. However, because it is downhill, it slopes, and it also the, it curves, that area has a high frequency of, of accidents. It's not uncommon. No, no skid marks, no braking. So apparently the first contact was with the center median, and from there then cross into the opposing lane of traffic, hit the curve, hit a tree, and there was several uh, rollovers during that process. Well, the, the interior of the cabinet of the vehicle was more or less intact. The front end was totally destroyed. The bumpers, everything was destroyed. Airbags deployed, all of that. And, uh, however, thankfully, the interior was more or less intact, which kind of gave him the cushion to survive what uh, otherwise would have been a fatal crash. Good afternoon. I'm uh, Deputy Gonzalez. I'm assigned to Lamita Sheriff Station. I'm the handling Deputy Carlos Gonzalez. I was the first unit on scene, and I'm the handling deputy for, the, uh, for this current traffic collision. 
Unfortunately, Mr. Woods was not able to stand under his own power. Um, our partners at LA County Fire were able to uh, extricate him from the vehicle and they put him onto a backboard. Uh, when I arrived on the scene, uh, Mr. Woods was uh, seated in the driver's seat. Um, I made contact with him and I ensured that he was able to speak to me. Um, at that time, he seemed that as, as though he was still calm and lucid. Um, I made the determination that it would be safer to wait for LA County Fire to help remove him instead of trying to remove him myself. Um, I, I kept Mr. Woods calm until uh, LA County Fire arrived on scene. What did you do to keep him calm, Deputy? Uh, I spoke to him. Uh, you know, I asked. Conversation. Can you share it with us, please? I asked him what his name was. Um, he told me his name was Tiger, and at that moment, I immediately recognized him. Um, I asked him if he knew where he was, um, what time of day, just to make sure he was oriented. Um, he seemed as though he was lucid and uh, and calm. Was he concerned about his injuries? He didn't seem concerned of his injuries at the time, um, which is not uncommon in traffic collisions. Many times people tend to be in shock. Um, it's a traumatic experience, so it's not uncommon for people to be focused on unimportant things, or even if they are in pain, they might not feel it until much later. Um, I did observe injuries. I can't speak into, as to uh, the nature of the injuries. Um, I'm not a trained medical professional, so I, I, I can't speak to that. Um, what I can say is that um, he was injured, and um, he was successfully removed and taken to the, to the hospital. And you saw that he had a seatbelt on? He was wearing a seatbelt. As mentioned by the sheriff, that specific stretch of roadway is one of our, our trouble spots. Our locals in Rancho Palos Verdes and Rolling Hills Estates know that it's a hot spot for traffic collisions as well as speed. Um, in my experience as a deputy who is traffic trained and works a traffic car, um, I have seen many collisions. The, the nature of his vehicle, the fact that he was wearing a seatbelt, um, I, I would say that it greatly increased the likelihood that it saved his life. Is this the I will say no because I've been doing this for a while and I've seen fatal traffic collisions. So um, I will say that it's very fortunate that Mr. Woods um, was able to uh, come out of this alive. This stretch of roadway is, is downhill, it's sweeping, um, speed's there, the speed limit is 45 miles per hour. Um, myself, when I'm doing speed enforcement, I will sometimes catch people going 80 plus miles per hour. So it's, it's more of a thing that this, you know, people uh, see a nice stretch of road and maybe they're not watching their speedometer or, um, you know, maybe they, they're, they're in a hurry. At the moment that I spoke to Mr. Woods, I was able to determine that it would have been safer for me to wait for LA County Fire because his condition seemed stable and I did not want to risk further injuring him by trying to remove him myself. Uh, as indicated by the sheriff, uh, the interior passenger compartment of the vehicle was intact. Um, the airbags did deploy successfully. Um, again, he was wearing his seatbelt. Um, I, I think this, uh, this also kind of speaks to the, uh, the marvel of modern automobiles and that they're much safer than they've ever been previously. Uh, little doubt about that to that last comment. So that was from the press conference yesterday that took place with obviously uh, primary uh, responders in Moore. Uh, so this is credited to, and in the continuance of this timeline, this is credited to 12 hours ago from Golf TV. Now, Golf TV is, uh, they're a partner with the PGA Tour, but Golf TV is part of Discovery. They also own Golf Digest. Now, Discovery is a massive media company globally, and Golf TV, I'm not speaking for them, so I'm going to paraphrase has the rights to PGA Tour coverage internationally. I don't believe that it's universally internationally, obviously because Sky Sports in the UK, just as an example, the British Isles. Uh, but I do believe that they are in many, 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 many uh, countries with the same. And so, as noted, 12 hours ago, to the question of, because there was 
I would say wild speculation. Everything was, was in, in terms of wild, I'm not judging people. It was an emotional uh, reaction collectively where people saying, what was he doing? Where was he, where was he going? We saw pictures with, with athletes and celebrities from the day before. So Golf TV put this out, I presume, to explain what was going on, where he was going, what was happening during these couple of days. Uh, as I noted, the, the accident was, was almost 40 miles away from Riviera, where he was hosting this weekend. And they wrote in this tweet, Tiger has a long-term partnership with Discovery, developing exclusive content for Golf TV and Golf Digest. He was filming his latest series with us yesterday which will see him giving on-course instruction to a number of celebrities, including Jada Pickett-Smith, uh, Dwayne Wade, and David Spade. He was due to continue filming with us today. Everyone at Discovery and Golf TV is saddened by the news and wishing him his speedy recovery. Our thoughts and prayers are with Tiger, his family, and his team. So that gives you an idea of the timeline of the information that was coming out leading right up to in the overnight hours, as I mentioned, about 1.30 a.m. as best we can determine. The message that came through from his team, uh, which, which carried with it great detail of the surgery itself, to a point that I was surprised. Uh, as I mentioned to you, his, his team is very careful about what information they release. I think part of that is just Tiger's nature. He, he, he longs for privacy, and he always has, even when he was a kid. I, I remember maybe he gave the quote to Jaime Diaz, but he was talking about the media, and, and this, was, this was when Tiger was a boy, but obviously he was a prodigy, and, and people were paying attention to him. And he said the, the comment of, why do they need to know everything? Which I thought was interesting on so many different levels, looking back on it now, decades later. And so for the information that they released, it, my, my, my personal interpretation would be that the weight of this event, uh, the scale of the response, now I'm talking about... Uh, Everyone that is interested in information, not just not just the media demand, but the people demand that that's, you know, I would I would say. Next to Muhammad Ali, in terms of of American athletes, uh, maybe Michael Jordan, um, his impact in, in, in the, the, the way that people know him on a global stage, I would I would put him in that category in terms of notoriety. And. So. When they put this out and they spoke to, they, they carried the quote from the doctor in terms of what they did, how they did it, and why they did it. So what we did was we reached out to Dr. Michael Maloney. He is the uh, chief of orthopedic sports medicine division at the University of Rochester. He is an award-winning and acclaimed expert of the same. Uh, he's our go-to authority on these matters. And so what you're about to see was how we opened the show this morning. And I'm showing this to you for those that are watching us live around the world at this point, uh, those who might be listening to us as well, respectively and respectfully. Uh, this is what took place when we went on the air this morning when we welcomed Dr. Maloney to the show to explain to us what all this meant. And I'm gonna, you'll hear me in this piece read the full statement, and he'll go through in detail. Dr. Michael Maloney is joining as chief of orthopedic uh, sports medicine at the division of, of the University of Rochester Medical Center. Uh, Dr. Michael, thank you as ever for joining us uh, at this time, certainly in very, very short notice. 
if you don't mind, doctor, what I would like to do just in deference to your time, obviously you're in your scrubs and you're, and you're ready to get down to what you do. I would like to read through that paragraph and I would like to go sentence by sentence and as best you can explain to us, please, what it means. Uh, Mr. Woods suffered significant orthopedic injuries to his lower right leg extremity that were treated during emergency surgery by orthopedic trauma specialists. When you hear that, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, this this is a very significant, um, you know, limb threatening injury. Um, the word comminuted means that the fracture of the bone is in multiple pieces. Um, when they say open fracture, that indicates that part of the bone penetrated the soft tissue and got through the skin. So created a, a fairly significant soft tissue component to his injury in addition to the fracture. Um, they mentioned the upper and lower portion of the tibia. So the leg is from the knee to the the tibia, which is the main weight-bearing bone. And then the fibula is the smaller bone along the outside. Um, so the upper portion means near the knee joint. The lower portion would be by the ankle joint. Um, and it sounds as if this fracture kind of extended along the entire course of the leg. Both the tibia and the fibula are involved. Um, stabilizing this by inserting a rod into the tibia is very common. So it's called an intramedullary nail or rod, and it goes right down the center canal of the tibia, that main weight-bearing bone. And then the comment about screws and pins for the foot and ankle uh, implies that there was some element of bony injury or fracture involving the ankle joint that required them to use additional um, foot, uh, additional screws and pins to kind of stabilize it. So the last part about the surgical release of the covering of the muscles, again, indicates a element of severity to the soft tissues in the leg around these bones. And what happens is you get a lot of bleeding and swelling and you can develop what's called as a compartment syndrome. Um, and so to try to obviate that, if it had not already occurred, they will release the lining called the fascia of the muscles in the leg compartment to allow it to accommodate for that excessive swelling and bleeding. So, um, you know, my interpretation of this, and, and I work at a level one trauma center as well, is that this was a very severe right lower extremity injury affecting both bones between the knee and the ankle. Uh, it seems like it's also impacting part of his foot and um, the fact that the um, bones had come through the skin, that's the indication of an open fracture, and that typically requires emergent surgery within three hours, if not sooner, uh, in an effort to try to clean that soft tissue, prevent any infection potentially down the road, um, and you wanna keep that soft tissue around that bone as viable and as healthy as possible so getting to that, cleaning that tissue, getting healthy tissue, and then stabilizing the bone fractures with that intramedullary rod is done to, again, allow soft tissue health as well as the, the bones that are involved in this fracture. Uh, doctor, in the release and in your explanation, uh, the terms used included rod, screws, and pins. 
Are these rod screws and pins, because of the way you describe them, if I understand you correctly internally, are they permanent? Um, they, they can be permanent, certainly. Uh, they, they are used, again, to restore uh, the anatomy of the bones that have been traumatized. So you want to bring them, you know, bring these pieces and align them, bring it back out to appropriate length, um, and then use the screws and pins to kind of hold those pieces together, together while they're healing. If at some point after things have healed, uh, that, that fixation hardware, we call it, becomes symptomatic, or if for some reason it's not allowing the bones to heal, then you can remove selectively screws, pins, and rods if they're either causing symptoms or contributing to an ongoing inability of the bones to heal properly. Uh, Doctor, when you're talking about the soft tissue injury and the release of the fascia, when we're talking about multiple fractures that had to be stabilized, such as we were just discussing, the healing for all of this, is it even possible to put a net, a, a, cast a large net and put a range upon it? Because I would think that the healing is going to vary depending upon which part of the leg that we're talking about. Correct. And, and I think the other thing to understand is that, you know, there's always a spectrum of this injury, both impacting the bones, the soft tissue, the nerves, the blood vessels in that area. Um, we don't have any indication as to whether or not there might have been some element of a nerve injury um, that could impact how his foot and ankle work down the road. Um, and, and these open fractures are graded based on the severity of the soft tissue injury. Uh, if it's a mild soft tissue injury, that's obviously a better prognostic factor that it, it could heal more quickly. If there's greater severity where there's been loss of muscle, loss of skin covering the bone, that obviously is indicative of a, a more severe injury, something that would be potentially threatening the viability of that leg, ankle area, um, and has consequences as well. So I think not knowing that information, it's hard to tell you, is this going to be, you know, nine months of recovery or is this going to be 18 to 24 months? Um, and will he be able to make a, a complete recovery? Uh, if these fractures are involving the joint surface, so they've extended into the knee joint or they extend into the ankle joint, that adds another element of complexity to the fracture, the healing, and what might ultimately develop as post-traumatic arthritis that could compromise the function of that lower extremity and his knee or his ankle um, and certainly impact his ability to even walk, frankly. So uh, this is a very severe limb-threatening injury that's described. And, um, you know, he's got a very long road ahead of him. Uh, doctor, just for the purpose of clarity, I know you've touched on this multiple ways and in, 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 in various examples already, but in, in an injury of this sort... What are the risks at this point as, as best as you can assess? Well, I think there's multiple risks. Um, certainly the, the loss of soft tissue from an open fracture, um, again, could, could compromise the coverage of that bone and that fracture. Sometimes that requires a plastic surgery to rotate tissue from someplace else to cover that. Um, there's obviously concerns around infection. Anytime the bone penetrates the skin, 
the bone fracture fragments come in contact with either the road or the car. Um, there's an element of potential infection that can set in. Uh, that would be devastating. Sometimes the blood supply to these bones, even though we get to it very quickly, uh, may have been compromised and doesn't allow it to heal, uh, maybe as quickly as we might anticipate and needs to be addressed as well. So, you know, there's multiple areas here that could still uh, affect the long-term integrity of his leg, let alone just the healing process that needs to occur moving forward. Uh, Dr. Michael Maloney is the chief of orthopedic sports medicine division at the University of Rochester, and he has great experience with injuries of this level of trauma. Sir, we thank you for your time at the last minute joining us this morning to explain better for all of us to understand what all of this means. Absolutely. My prayers go out to Tiger, his family, and and, uh, hope he's able to kind of bounce back again. Thank you to Dr. Michael Maloney for joining us uh, very much last minute. Uh, We decided to have him on the show when the statement came through from Tiger's team overnight, the statement that the doctor went through in great detail, great medical detail, in fairness, to explain to us exactly what was going on. To me, the most important part of that statement was the fourth paragraph, first sentence that reads, he's currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. Thank you for joining us for the Fairways of Life show this Wednesday. We will continue to keep you updated on everything that's going on with Tiger Woods and his recovery and in the world of golf. Until we are together again, please be careful and be well. Goodbye for now.